This is Jim Laws along with Matt Ayers coming to you over the Gospel is for All internet radio broadcast. This radio program is brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. We'd be delighted to have you visit with us during one of our worship services or Bible classes. We always meet Sunday morning at 9 o'clock for Bible class and worship service at 10 and then Sunday night at 6 with a midweek Wednesday night Bible class at 7. You'll always find a very warm and cordial invitation to come and worship with us and study the Bible at the Broadway Church of Christ. And I'd like to invite you to be with us for a series of special Bible studies on September the 19th, 20th, and 21st. That's the dates that we will conduct the Searching the Scriptures Forum. The forum is an opportunity for us to study, ask and study questions that have been on our mind and we have three specially invited guests that will conduct the forum for us. And I'd encourage you to come and be with us. I'd like for you to keep those dates in mind. September 19, 20, and 21, we'll be meeting each evening at 7 o'clock as we look at questions and answers with regard to you and your Bible. I think you'll find it to be very informative and very challenging as we discuss the Word of God. Uh, we do this each year. We encourage the community to come and participate. And we'd love to have you come and be with us on those dates. That's September 19, 2021, Searching the Scriptures Forum at the Broadway Church of Christ here in Tyler, Texas. Matt, you and I have been studying about the righteousness of God, and that idea and thought comes to us from this great Bible passage in Romans chapter 1. As you turn to that particular passage, you see in verse 16 and 17 how that the Apostle Paul is talking about the importance of the gospel and how that the righteousness of God has been revealed. Uh, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God, for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And now verse 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now I have read for you today, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, in verse 17, you have that phrase that's caught my attention. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed. And that's what we've been studying, the righteousness of God. It has been revealed. The righteousness of God has been revealed in the wrath of God. And that you and I talked about that. We were looking at the different manifestations of the wrath of God as we read it from the pages of the Bible. For instance, we saw that the Lord's wrath is not inflicted impulsively. Uh, the Lord is very patient with regard to his wrath. Uh, heaven's wrath is administered justly. Uh, God is going to give us what we deserve. But then, coupled with that, is the discussion that we had about the grace of God. I want the grace of God rather than the wrath of God. And the Bible makes clear that that matter is available to me and to you. In fact, God's grace has been offered to the entire human family. And we looked at great Bible passages like Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God at the beard bringing salvation to all men. And what, does, and what does that suggest? But that grace is potential, potentially available to all who care to access it by being submissive to the divine plan of redemption. Romans chapter 6 verses 3 through 4. We can receive this great grace by being obedient to the gospel of Christ. And I'm sure it is shocking that so many sincere people are unaware of the fact that grace and obedience 
are not enemies to each other. But we discuss these great matters of the grace of God. Now I'd like today to talk a little bit about the will of God and then spend our time talking about the plan of God as we look at this overall subject of the righteousness of God has been revealed. And I'd like to know more about the will of God and what that means with regard to the plan of God. And, and that is, as we begin to discuss uh, this particular phase of our study, why don't we begin with Romans 11. And if you would like to turn to Romans 11 for us and read about verse 33 through 36, uh, that would be a good place for us to begin our discussions and um, you can see how important uh, Romans 11:33 really is. And this is a beautiful passage of Scripture. I'm sure you're familiar with it. And as Nat reads it and helps us understand it better, I hope that you'll follow along with the reading and in turn think seriously about what the Bible has to say. All right. Thank you, Jim. It's going to be with you. It's going to be with our listeners. Let's turn to Romans 11:33 and begin reading together. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For uh, from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. You know, when you think of the, the absolute righteousness of God, uh, you know, there was once a man named Job that that uh, questioned God and questioned his ways and his abilities, but he soon found out, as we, we found out through reading, or find through reading, that we serve a God whose ways are so much higher, uh, the depths of his riches, the depths of his wisdom and knowledge. Uh, you know, do you do we hold the... Uh, knowledge and abilities that God has in no way. Uh, he holds the abilities of creation, the abilities of uh, creating man himself. Uh, we don't understand things. We can't judge things the way God does. Uh, for who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? God doesn't have to go to a counselor like you and I. He doesn't have to seek any higher uh, source or ability for his learning. He is his own counselor. He, from his own knowledge and wisdom, uh, he speaks. That is so true, Nat. I think that's right on point in that none of us can fully fathom the depth of the wisdom and the knowledge no, of God. It's no. just beyond our ability. And you're right. I, I think uh, the book of Job makes it pretty clear. It's a good illustration of that. You know, he said things he really should not have said. Right. And there were a lot of things involved here he really did not understand. Yeah. And that is true with regard to us and God. Uh, the will of God is profound. It is a profound theme beyond our ability to understand. Let's be a little clearer now on what we mean by and what the Bible means by the will of God. Really, when we talk about the will of God, we're talking about God's implementation of his plan. He's bringing his will about. He's bringing his purposes about. He's bringing his just and holy desires about and, and helping those to come to be. God has uh, his great mind. He has his great will. He has his great wisdom. And he brings that about in the lives of people. And we could talk a little bit about that, man, and I think it would be a good thing for us to uh, consider you know, God had his ideal will, and uh, 
He created the garden, for example, Genesis chapter uh, 1, Genesis chapter 2, and there he put the man in the garden. He created man from the dust of the ground. And it was his ideal will that sin never enter in. It was his ideal will that it remain that pristine, perfect, beautiful place for man to live. But Nat, uh, help us a little bit now with the rest of that story, what actually happened there. Uh, well, the rest of the story, God answers uh, Job and uh, basically tells him uh, that his ways are higher than uh, what man himself can understand. Uh, his ways, uh, in, let's, we can turn to this passage. Uh, let's turn to uh, Job chapter 40 and uh, look at this. Uh, God gives Job an answer for all the questions he had of why he suffered and why he had to go through this and who was God to to do this. In Job 47, or Job chapter 40 verse 7, it says, Dress for action like a man. I'll question you, and you make it known to me. Will you even put me in the wrong? Will you condemn me that you may be in the right? Have you an arm like God? Can you thunder with a voice like his? Adorn yourself with majesty and dignity, uh, and clothe yourself with glory and splendor. Pour out the overflowings of your anger, and look on everyone who is proud and abase him. You know, we see, can we ourselves uh, show our own glory? You know, God is glorified by what he does, who he is. He, he puts on his own majesty, his own dignity. We see this great power, and uh, we see here, basically, he's asking Job questions. Uh, challenging him and his abilities and showing really how small we as humans are in comparison to the righteousness of God, the the glory of God. That is so true, Nat. Uh, it's just beyond our ability to fully understand and consider all of God's divine ways and his divine will. Uh, we'll never be able to plummet the depths of that. Yes. In this matter of the Garden of Eden, uh, God's divine will there was sin never enter into the world, but it did. Yeah. It entered into the world. When we're talking about the will of God, the plan of God, God's implementation of his plan, uh, we're talking about the idea of God bringing that about in the lives of mankind and in the lives of men. And you can sort of see what God was saying in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. That's God's ideal will. Uh, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Again, that's 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. It was God's ideal will that sin not enter into the world, but it did. Right. And when sin entered into the world, then God had his uh, decreed will. This is what you must do in order to receive the forgiveness of sin. So God intervened in the matter, to bring about a way whereby man could receive forgiveness of his sins. Let's go to some New Testament passages now and talk about the will of God and the plan of God in that particular matter. And I'm thinking about Ephesians chapter 4, in um, Ephesians 4, about verse 1. And Nat, I'll have you uh, turn to that, if you will. And in that uh, particular passage, we're talking about the divine mind of God and the divine will of God. In fact, that whole section there of Ephesians chapter 1 uh, would be good for us to read. Start at about verse 3 and read on down through verse 7. Okay. Uh, uh, Ephesians 4, 3? Yes. 
Uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians 1. Ephesians, okay. Ephesians I was supposed to say, well, that, <laughs> let me get right to the right passage real fast. Ephesians 1, verse 3. There we go. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, even as he chose us in him uh, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the, fray, the praise excuse me, of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of, uh, the, I'm sorry, the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on uh, earth you know we see this passage Jim and it, we talked about this actually this morning uh, having the ability as humans to have free will but knowing that God is able to see the whole picture uh, from beginning to end of how everything's going to play out, how everything is going to work, and that in his uh, mystery, verse 9, making known to his mystery of his will, uh, that he has a plan, in verse 10, for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. God has a plan, as you were talking. His righteousness had a plan from the beginning to the end of time. And uh, uh, I'm, just, I'm thankful that through his blood, in verse 7, that we can be a part of that plan, that we can have a part in that plan uh, that God has uh, given us to come back to Him. That's so true, Nat, and I hope you're turning to Ephesians 1 and listening along as Nat is explaining to us that in verse 4, the matter is that this was given before the foundation of the world, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. And then notice also he predestinated us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And that's what drew our attention to this particular passage, Ephesians 1, 3 uh, through 7. And then Nat made a very good point about the blood of Christ in verse 7 that we, want, we don't want to forget. But his righteousness is revealed in his plan, his will, which he has implemented. And he's brought that about. He saw down through the quarters of time that man would need a Savior. Yeah. That man would freely choose sin because man was created with volition. That is to say, man is free to make choices between right and wrong. And God holds us responsible for the choices that we make. And because of that, he knew that we would need this plan, this purpose. And he's brought that purpose about in Jesus Christ. Now, another good verse is Romans chapter 8. And I think of Romans eight twenty-eight. I'm sure you're all very familiar with that. Uh, as Paul talks about this in some respects, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Now notice, for those who are called according to his purpose. Now that purpose is what I'm concerned about. That plan, that purpose, that will. God has brought that about for our lives. He knew we needed that, and God would bring that about. That's the righteousness of God that Paul is referring to has been revealed. So let's study just a little bit about the plan 
and about the purpose of God and the righteousness of God as we see it from uh, the New Testament. One thing I'd have to say, and, and now I'll ask you to turn to Galatians chapter 3, in Galatians 3, about verse 10 and verse 11, this plan which God has given, which comes from the great righteousness of God, is not uh, the result of law-keeping. Now let me preface this remark a little bit by, by saying uh, that you know this law system, uh, justification by means of a legal, legal code, uh, so to speak, demands that we obey or submissive to all things. Uh, and frail human beings simply can't attain that. Now this does not negate the need to obey. God right. knows that we must obey Him, and God has required that obedience. But I'm not saved by a legal Old Testament type of work system or law system. And that's the point of Galatians 3, 10 and 11. Matt, help us understand that better by reading Galatians 3, and, and we can start there at verse 10. Okay. For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all that is written in the books of the law and do them. Uh, now it is evident that no one is justified before God by law, for the righteous uh, shall live by faith. Right. Uh, let's read on down just a little bit. Sure. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Curses everyone hanging on tree. Um, as you're saying, you know, is, was it, is it ever wrong to do what's right? Is it ever wrong to follow uh, the law? Well, it depends on the heart of the person. If you're just doing it as a checkmark system to to fulfill the law by by uh, just a checkbox, but your heart's not in it, if, you, if, the, if the heart is not in it, then you're just following the law uh, aimlessly. But we're but faith comes into this. For the righteous shall live by faith. Uh, if we have faith in God, we're doing what God asks. Our faith is promoting us on to obedience. That faithful obedience is working together. Uh, it's just not a matter of just a checkmark system of keeping the law. Right. And that's so true, Nat. If we think that we're going to be saved by our meritorious works, yeah. then we're mistaken. That's right. We cannot be saved by law system. We cannot keep it perfectly. Right. Right. And we'd have to. Yeah. in order to be saved by that kind of system, right. and we just can't do it. However, God knew a better plan, yeah. and that plan was a faith system. And you mentioned yeah. that. The faith system is the idea that we believe in Christ. Yeah. And believe means much more than just have mental assent that Jesus is the Son of God. Right. Believe means trusting in Him, trusting to the point that we obey Him. Yeah. And Jesus would say time and again, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And so the word believe is a word which surely means more than just to have mental assent, assent to the Lord. This belief is not merely a mental disposition, rather, that, rather it is a solid conviction based upon historical facts and combined with a willingness to trust and obey. So we're not saved by a work system like the Old Testament. Yeah. We are saved by an obedient faith system in the New Testament. Yeah. Now, one thing we might go back and read is that God prophesied about this in the Old Testament. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 53. And this is a good verse of passage, verse of Scripture to read and, and consider. And I love studying out of the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament. The reason this passage comes to my mind 
is because God is prophesying about these very matters, and sometimes we forget uh, this was discussed some 700 years before the act actually took place of bringing these particular matters about. And um, uh, we can pick out just any number of Bible passages and references here in this matter, but it says, for example, in, in Isaiah 53 and 4, Surely is borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. That's, that's verses 4 and 5. And what the prophet is saying here is God sending his son. This is part of the divine plan. Uh, the divine will is being implemented. And the righteousness of God is being revealed by the coming of the Savior. And this faith system that you and I have been talking about, following Christ through obedient faith, in turn will bring about the forgiveness of our sins. And um, the word that sometimes comes up in this discussion, that is the word redemption. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of these great Bible words. Now, the reason we're discussing this right now is because all this has to do with God's divine plan for our lives. His will has been implemented for our forgiveness and our salvation. And there are a number of great Bible words that talk about that. And uh, one that comes to mind is uh, redemption. And I think Ephesians 3 would be a good place to go to read about uh, that particular matter. And if you have that, Ephesians chapter 3 will let you read uh, for some of that particular matter. and I guess um, a good place uh, to begin, there's verse 7, right on down through verse 13, and we're going to pay particular attention to the matter of the redemption that God had in mind, the divine plan for justification has been realized. And that's much of what Paul is saying in Ephesians 3 on down through the paragraph. Uh, Ephesians 3, verse 7. Yeah, I think it's a good place to begin. Uh, this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this uh, grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authority in the heavenly places. Uh, this was according to the eternal purpose that he realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I'm suffering. All right, so we see that uh, that there is an eternal purpose. Levin, this was according to to his eternal purpose. What was according to his eternal purpose? Uh, that this plan would be brought to light. To me, though I'm the very least of these, uh, to preach to the Gentiles in verse 8, the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. We live in a fortunate time, Jim. Yes, we, we live in a time where we have the total inspired word of God uh, that gives us the plan. We don't have to wonder aimlessly uh, about what the plan is. We have the plan in front of us if we hold uh, the Bible in our hands. Uh, we have the plan, 
and the purpose that has been revealed. That is so true, Ned, and I think that's one thing that we see immediately out of this reading, Ephesians 3, and that is that we have been given this plan and that everyone can read it for themselves. And to bring to light, verse 9 says, for everyone, what is the plan yeah. of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things? You know, there was a time when men desired to look into this and wonder, yeah. how is God going to work this out? Yeah. How is the plan going to be implemented? How is the will of God going to be revealed? And they waited and they didn't know because God had not revealed it. Man wasn't ready for it at that time. Yeah. And then at the right time, God revealed what the plan and the mystery was. And the mystery here is simply the idea of everyone having the opportunity to repent, to be baptized, and to be added to the New Testament church. Yes. Whether it be Jew or Gentile, everyone can come to obedient faith by studying the will of God and the Word of God and by putting that into practice through obedience. Now let me read, as you, as you mentioned, verse 10, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. I just think it's a great passage. It's a great passage that clears up the question, why did God create man to begin with? Why, why did God start this to begin with? What is the purpose? What is the plan? What is the will of God? It is to save man from sin and give him the hope of having eternal life, redemption, propitiation, another great word, talking about the blood of Christ, making it possible for us to receive forgiveness of sins. Well, sometimes I think, Nat, in a short amount of time that we have left in our Bible study today, that we sometimes think, well, evil is so strong and evil is so powerful that the plan of God has somehow been thwarted. Right. Uh, sometimes we see evil around us so much and we think, well, you know, God's plan failed. Uh, but that's simply not true. The book of Revelation, as you go to the last part of the Bible, the book of Revelation makes it clear God was victorious yes. in this great plan and that we can have a part in that uh, great victory as the Lamb was victorious over uh, the devil. And basically the message of the book of Revelation is that it, that it is a message of victory for the divine cause. The church of the Lord is victorious because of what is God has, God has accomplished. And even though, and I think about this sometimes, even though, statistically speaking, you know, those broad is the way and many there be that find it, and narrow is the way to life and godliness, and few there be that find it. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. Still, God's point was not statistically, quantitatively, but qualitatively important in that his plan has been accomplished. It's not a matter of how many, right. but it is a matter of who yeah. will be obedient to the gospel of Christ and thus be saved by God's saving grace. Jim, it's been good to be with you. Um, the The righteous plan that God has for us. Uh, you know, if you would like to study more about the plan that God has for your life found in the Bible, uh, for your salvation, for our, all of our salvation, We'd encourage you to get in contact with us at www.broadwaychurchofchristtyler.com. Is that correct, Jim? 
broadwaychurchofchristtyler.com. It's good to be with you. We ask that you join us again.